The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or at lifehousechurch.org. Have you ever asked yourself that question? Is it too late for me? Have you ever felt not special, like you have nothing to offer? Or has it seemed like every opportunity door has been slammed shut in your face? Or better yet, a door wasn't even available to you to be shut in your face? Does it ever feel like everything seems to come easier for everyone else, but it's only hard for you? If so, you're not alone. Our main character in the movie Encanto felt exactly the same way. But if you haven't seen the movie, let me take you back. I'll do a brief recap for you. It's centered around a family called Madrigal. And the grandmother of this family, their abuela, when she was young, she tragically lost her home and her husband in one fell swoop. And so she's left with two babies in her arms without a clue what to do. And suddenly, a miracle is bestowed upon her, a blessing, as they call it, represented by a candle burning. This blessing gave her back her home, a magical home. It also bestowed upon her children special abilities, superpowers, if you will, or as they like to call them, gifts. She raises them to use their gifts for good, to serve their community. And then they start having children, so her grandchildren are then also bestowed upon special gifts. And they receive them at a specific young adolescent age. And they start to make a big to-do of this. It turns into a big ceremony where the whole community comes together to watch them receive their gift. And the way that this happens is, in this magical home, they each have a door. It has their face, their name on it, it belongs to them. And at this age, that door opens and reveals what their gift is. So we are introduced to our main character, Mirabel, and it is her day to receive her gift. She is so excited. The whole family community comes together for this big ceremony, and she goes and she approaches her door and it disappears. It doesn't just remain shut. It goes away completely. The family is shocked. This has never happened before. They don't know why this has happened. Then we shoot forward to now she's a young adult, and she's had to grow up her whole childhood wondering, why was I the only one that didn't receive a gift? This resulted in her being very people-pleasing. She would serve and do and give for everyone she possibly could to earn their love to earn what she thinks is her place in her family, almost to prove that she is special like them. She convinces herself that she's okay with not having a gift. But as we heard in this song, she's actually not okay. She's asking the blessing, why didn't you give me a gift? Why me? She's yearning and she's longing for something out of the ordinary to happen in her life, only to be left disappointed. And don't we do the same thing with God? We pray and we beg and we plead for him to do something extraordinary in our life, 
And oftentimes we're left waiting, waiting for a miracle. But someone once said that miracles are God's ordinary truth seen with surprised eyes. It's a perspective shift for us. We often think of miracles as parting the Red Sea or moving mountains or resurrecting someone from the dead or turning water into wine, but why are those the only things that we consider miraculous? Do we ever consider just the everyday, ordinary things of life as miracles? Not often. And sadly, Mirabel also didn't see herself as extraordinary. So if you ever feel not special or ordinary, I have good news for you. Because God is in the business of doing the extraordinary through the ordinary. Scripture is full from front to back, from Genesis to Revelation of God choosing ordinary people to do his extraordinary work through. We may eventually come to know them as these famous names, these heroes of the faith, but when God chose them, when God called them, appointed and anointed them, they were not only ordinary, they were some of the most unlikely people that you would ever expect that God would choose to use to do his miraculous work. I once saw a TikTok video recently where it was kind of like this social experiment. It's a busy city street and people are able to anonymously share a secret about themselves. And the video revolved around this guy sharing his secret and he said, I feel like I have nothing to offer the world. Nothing. That broke my heart because I know that that person is not alone. Are they? Nothing. You have nothing to offer the world? You may feel like you have nothing to offer, you may feel like you have no special talents or abilities or gifts, but I promise you, you have more to offer than you could ever realize. And okay, you might be thinking like, oh, it's easy for you to say, you get up there every week, you're musical, you're super talented, but listen, this is important. First of all, I wasn't just born like the Madrigal family with special musical abilities. I had to work hard for those things. I practiced, but God also called me when I was just an ordinary, shy little girl. And I, I have to make a really, really clear point today. If you don't hear anything else, this is what I want you to hear. My gift is no more special than your gift. There's no such thing as a small gift or a big gift. Your gift is only as small as you say it is. So don't put limits on what God wants to do through you, through the gifts that he has entrusted to you. Don't limit God. You may have a gift of being outgoing and just love talking to people. You might put limits on that by saying, oh, that's just my personality, it's no big deal. For the introverts, that's a gift. 
That is a big deal. Not everyone has that naturally. You may have the gift of enthusiasm. You may have the gift of organization, because Lord knows we don't all have that. (laughs) You may have the gift of teaching, whatever it may be. Every single one of those gifts is so incredibly important, especially in the kingdom of God. In 1 Peter 4, 10 to 11, it says, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength that God provides so that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. There's two little phrases there I wanna focus on. The first one is whatever gift. Whatever gift you have been given. It says if you have words to speak, if you can speak words, that is a gift. Use it. If you have the opportunity to serve in whatever capacity, do it. And do it with joy and with enthusiasm. I wanna do a little bit of a dream team shout out here to one of our volunteers. His name is Corey Martin, and he serves on our parking team at our Chambersburg campus. And he exemplifies this so incredibly well because he parks people's cars like I've never seen before. He does it with so much joy and enthusiasm. He doesn't just do it like this. (laughs) You know how he does it? I'm gonna demonstrate it for you, it's really embarrassing. He goes, That is how he parks people in their cars. He dances and he has so much joy because he doesn't see his role as insignificant. He recognizes how important it is that he may be the first impression, the first person that someone interacts with when they pull into our church building. And so he says to himself, hey, if the worship team can dance and have joy and enthusiasm as they worship, Gosh darn it, I'm gonna worship as I park people in their cars with the same level of joy. Use whatever gift, whatever opportunity you have been given to serve with joy and enthusiasm. The second phrase I wanted to come back to is administering God's grace in its various forms. People are different, vastly different. And so God is going to display his love in various ways. And he needs each and every one of our parts to play in that because it creates a much bigger picture. In 1 Corinthians 12, 14 to 25, buckle up. It says, now the body is not made up of one part, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, that would be creepy, first of all, but where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. 
The head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. The parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it so that there should be, listen up, no division within the body. Imagine that. But its parts should have equal concern for one another. I wanna come back to my favorite phrase in that whole thing in 22 and 23. Those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. You wanna call yourself weak, less than, not special, ordinary? Fine. Because God is clearly turning those statements on his head. When you call yourself weak, he will call you indispensable. When you call yourself less than, he will call you special. When you call yourself ordinary, he will call you extraordinary. So don't envy the gifts of other people because we were never meant to have the same ones. If he created us all to be the same, that would be so boring. We were never meant to have the same gifts. So that last part that says no division within the body and equal concern for one another. The Madrigal family set out to do exactly this with their gifts. But sadly, there was division within their family that they were trying to hide, like literally in the walls, trying to hide the division in their family. There was flaws underneath the surface. And so the blessing started to fade. Their powers started to dissipate and cracks started to form within their home. Who noticed these cracks first? Mirabel. Who jumped in and wanted to fix it? <laughs> Mirabel. But sadly, it seemed like everything she tried, she failed. So let me take you to that scene. Mirabel had actually started to crack the case on what was happening and was actually starting to heal some of the broken pieces of their family. But Abuela didn't see it that way. She saw it as Mirabel just jumping in and trying to fix something again when she was not invited, and that what was happening was her family getting out of control because it wasn't going according to her plan. And so in this scene, Abuela comes storming in and yelling at her, and she says, Mirabel, you have to stop this. This is not yours to fix. In fact, the division in this family is happening because of you. The powers are dissipating because of you. The cracks in our home started with you. And with tear-filled eyes, Mirabel says, I will never be good enough for you, will I? None of us will ever be good enough for you, no matter how hard we try. We will never meet your expectations. No. The division in our family started with you banishing Bruno, who loved this family. The powers are dissipating because of you. The cracks in our home are happening because of you. The miracle is dying because of you. 
And suddenly, as soon as they started pitting against each other, what once were small cracks in the ground, shot right up and split their home in half, and it all starts to crumble to the ground. The family makes a desperate attempt to get out, but Minabel looks up and wants to save their blessing. So she runs and she gets it and she grabs it and as the last pieces of their house crumble to the ground, she's holding the candle in her hand and it goes out. Blessing gone. Obviously everything seemed dark, lost, hopeless. She had been trying so hard to prove that her gift was to fix things, only to be left sitting in literal ruins of her home and her family, and there was nothing she could do about it. Not good enough. Never good enough. And the reality is, is that we're not. Because each and every one of us are broken like this house. We mess up the blessings that God gives to us. We take advantage of our gifts and we ignore the miracles in front of us. Things fall apart around us because of something called sin. Sin is what causes the cracks to crumble our life to the ground. Sin separates us from God. It corrupts our minds and our hearts. We are broken at our core because we have a real enemy that lies to us and tells us that we will never be special and that we will never have anything to offer. And so we turn from God and we ignore his plan and kind of prove him right. But God knew that the payment of sin was death and did not want us to be the ones to pay it. So he came to earth in human form to die in our place, Jesus. Jesus. When Jesus was dead and lying in a tomb, again, everything seemed dark, lost, hopeless, the candle burned out. But miraculously, miraculously, he resurrected from the dead and he defeated our sin, he defeated death itself. So when we repent, we turn away from our sin and we believe in Jesus by faith, he gives us new life forgiven, special, unique, with purpose, the candle of our life reunited. Our blessing, our miracle, our gift of eternal life. You think you're not special? You were special enough for the God of the universe to die for you. And that is a miracle. What Jesus has done for us is a miracle. And now him empowering us to use our gifts for his kingdom is a miracle. It doesn't have to be super strength or shape-shifting or the ability to communicate with animals, but no. The last song of the movie reveals that the true miracle was them coming together and loving one another unconditionally. And we can only do that we can only accomplish that through the love and the forgiveness of Jesus. Forgiveness. Healing. Unity. 
for Mirabel and her abuela, it took a lot of compassion and understanding for those things to take place. Abuela shows Mirabel a vision of the day that the miracle was bestowed upon her. She has no idea why it came to her or why it chose her, and for some reason she felt that she didn't deserve it. She didn't want to waste it, and so this whole time she had just been trying to prove something, and she was trying to earn it. And it was finally then that Mirabel finally understood her grandmother. And through convincing her that she didn't have to prove anything, she learned that lesson for herself. In the end, Mirabel realizes that the miracle was not the extraordinary gifts that her family had, but in the ordinary ways that they would love each other. She realized, as do we, that the miracle that she had been yearning for this entire time had been with her all along. Her gift was love. And the last scene reveals that because once she and Abuela finally come to forgiveness and compassion and understanding, their house is magically rebuilt. Except this time, the front door becomes Mirabel's door. And so when she thought that the blessing had rejected her, no, her gift was so essential and so crucial to her family but it was essential for a specific time. She had to wait for a miracle, but it was revealed that her gift was love. And that is also our strongest gift. Our strongest gift is love as well. So I wanna shift gears here a little bit because I've talked a lot to people who feel like they have no gift. But now I wanna to talk to those who do have a gift. You know you have a gift, and you're sitting on it. For the Madrigal family members who did have a special gift, they were mostly using it to appease Abuela and her expectations. They were doing it for affirmation of a person. It was only when Mirabel gave them permission to see their truest potential that they realized what they could actually do and you might be doing the same thing. If you have a gift and you're only using it for the world, for affirmation of people, you're putting a ceiling on your abilities. Only when you use them for eternity is when their fullest potential can be unlocked. So unlock it. Unlock your gifts by using them for what matters. I wanna share one more scriptural story and I'll just paraphrase it, but it's called the parable of the talents. A parable is like a fictional story that Jesus would tell to teach a lesson. And the story goes like this. A master has three servants and he's going away on a trip and he trusts them with a lump sum of money. And he says, protect my money, I'll be right back. <laughs> and when he comes back, two of the servants said, master, we invested your money. It grew, it multiplied. So here we have more to give back to you than what you entrusted us with. And to those servants, he said, well done, good and faithful servant. Because you have been faithful with a little, I will entrust you with much. But sadly, the other servant said, master, I was afraid that something bad was gonna happen or that I was gonna lose your money, and so I buried it in the ground. And to that servant, he said, turn from me, you wicked servant. 
Now you might be like, whoa, that's a little harsh. I, <laughs> I'd be afraid of losing the money too. But the, it was a point that Jesus was making. He was telling the story to prove a point. And it was this, do not bury your talents in the ground out of fear. Instead, use them, invest them, watch them grow and multiply by using them for what matters. I used to be that one servant. I was a pastor's kid growing up, and so I was super, super involved in church. And when I came to Lifehouse, I came and I crossed my arms and I said, uh uh, I'm not doing nothing. <laughs> Joke's on you, Sharia. <laughs> There's something to be said about seasons of rest. Those are so necessary and so important, and it was important for me. But God was tapping me on the shoulder and He was saying, yeah, but I'm not going to let you stay there. I have big plans for you. And I didn't know what those plans were gonna look like. I just had to say yes, and I just had to step out in faith and trust him with the plan. But he wasn't gonna let me stay there. He said, don't bury your talents in the ground out of fear, or better yet, out of comfort zones. So it all came down to just me saying yes. And that's what I'm gonna ask you today to do as well. Now you might be in the first group of people that feel like they have no gift, or maybe I do and I just don't even know what it is. That's okay, neither did I. So your yes might just be, I'm just gonna take a bold step of obedience and I'm gonna figure it out and I'm gonna trust God with the plan. Maybe you're in the second group of people that you do have a gift and you've been just waiting. Waiting on a miracle, waiting on a sign, Here's your sign. Your yes is just getting involved. It's saying yes to connecting your peace to the body. In either camp that you might fall in and you're saying yes and you're gonna take that next step with us, I wanna encourage you to let someone know. We have online hosts in the comments. You can comment that you're ready to take your next step and they cannot wait to get connected with you. Now maybe your yes today is simply receiving the gift of Jesus. If that is the decision you're making, you're saying yes to Jesus, all you have to do is say it in your heart, God hears that, God sees you, God knows you. But I wanna encourage you again to let us know. A method is gonna come up on your screen. I wanna encourage you to do that and get connected with us because again, listen, you connecting to the body is an essential part of your faith journey. God, I thank you so much for each person that can hear my voice. God, I thank you in the unique and special and different ways that you have created us. I thank you for the different and special gifts that you have entrusted to us. God, I pray that no matter where we are in our journey, that you would give us the courage to step out in faith and just say yes and trust you with the process. God, I pray that we would not waste it. God, we thank you above all for your gift of Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.